but discover and confess your agreement with your leader. Do you understand that if you magnify your differences, you're going to highlight everything that's wrong? But if you learn to confess your agreement, then our power is always in our agreement. We can stay hooked up together even though we know. Look at the person next to you and say, you're different from me. So we already know then, since we're different from each other, we already know we lead differently. And your way is not better than my way, and my way is not better than your way. But we don't have to magnify the difference that we have. We can highlight our agreement. All right? Please get this. Observe how your leader operates. Pray. Everybody say pray. Pray to know the heart of your leader. Pray to know the heart of your leader. I just like to use these little things as examples. When you pray and to know the heart of your leader, if I have never embarrassed you publicly, then how dare you turn and embarrass somebody else publicly? There is a way to handle things, even when it deals with correction. You can correct people privately. The only time, the only time pastor will correct something publicly is if it's done publicly. Because if it's handled publicly, if it's done in the public public eye, now I have to address it publicly. But it can be handled in a way that if the person is wrong, I can do that privately. I can pull them aside and, and speak to them. As leaders here at the family, we believe we have a church full of leaders. Leaders hold each other accountable. And when somebody is not leading according to the standard that is set, we hold each other accountable. As a matter of fact, every leader, every minister, every pastor here, we have given the congregants, we have given the partners the right to evaluate us. Mm Mm-hmm. We stand before them so they have a right to evaluate us. Everybody say the power of your presence. There is nothing like understanding that your presence have power. The power of your presence, whether your leader is present or not, you should function according to their heart. Whenever, Whenever pastor... The pastors may not be here. That's not the time for you to start thinking to do something differently. No, we do things according to the man and woman of God's heart because they are the chief leaders at the time as the under shepherd. So we lead according to what we know they would expect. We don't all of a sudden start trying to do something differently. Hello. I think these, these two words are probably two of the most important words you can have in your arsenal when it comes to, when it comes to serving. Everybody say, just flow. Everybody say, just flow. Please hear my heart. We don't always have the opportunity to tell you everything. So there are some things you got to just flow with. Pastor, how do I flow? I'm glad you asked. You're all so smart. If you want to just flow sometime, you got to be able to pray. Just pray. Just pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to catch what you're supposed to catch, see what you need to see, understand what you need to understand, because we don't have time to explain it all. 
So just flow. So pray. Then listen. Listen. Stop talking so much. Listen. If you will listen, you will learn. You'll hear buzzwords, key phrases, things that's used. Let me, let me ask her. Some, some of you have done well. Some of you have listened to Pastor Candy so well. I see you biting your tongue sometimes. Because the woman of God has talked so much about how she bites her tongue. Wow, I promise you, it may not even sound spiritual, but boy, it's a key tool to use when people are saying stuff and you don't want to say nothing. Mm, bite my tongue. Mm. Praise God. Just flow. Pray. Learn to listen. And then observe for understanding. Observe for understanding. Your desire is to have understanding. The Bible says in all, get understanding in all things. And so we want to make sure we have understanding. Be open to impartation from your leader. Now, please make sure you heard what I just said. Be open to impartation from your leader. I did not say be open to impartation from your pastor. A leader has the ability to impart to you if you will be open to it. Are you hearing me? Because some people will put themselves in a place or a position where they only want to receive from the pastor then you're not going to be able to help us when it comes to serving. Because everyone that's serving under someone needs to be able to be open to them. Well, pastor, they're not like you. Praise God, that's why I chose them. I chose them because they're not like me. So you have to be open to impartation from your leader. And sometime impartation will come through correction. Can y'all just say, ouch? Sometime impartation comes through correction. You being addressed. Understanding is the ability to get the meaning of something. The ability to get the meaning of something. You know you have understanding if you're able to do these things. Four things. You know you have understanding if you're able to operate in wisdom. Wisdom is the proper use or correct application of knowledge. Proverbs 10 and 23. When you operate in wisdom, you have understanding. That's the proper use or correct application of knowledge. Number two, when you're able to hold your peace. In other words, you don't have to have the final word. You don't have to explain yourself. You can hold your peace. Has anybody ever wanted to give somebody a piece of your mind? Anybody? Only four, four or five of us? No, a few of you. Do you understand that when you have to give somebody a piece of your mind, you're short now? Instead of giving people a piece of your mind, learn how to hold your peace. Sometimes I think we miss important lessons that, that Jesus teaches. Uh, remember when Jesus was on the boat with, the, with his disciples and they were like, Lord, do you not care that we're going to perish out here on this water? And Jesus wakes up. They wake him up. Jesus come up and Jesus said, peace, be still. 
How about this? How about if Jesus was speaking to the winds and the wave, but he was speaking to their peace? I need their peace to be still because they're now anxious. And they can't even operate in faith because they're so anxious. Peace be still. Yes, the wind and the wave come down, but so did they. You might want to hold your peace. You know you have understanding when you walk uprightly. Pastor, what do you mean by walking uprightly? You don't have to lie. I heard one amen on that. You don't have to lie. This, this may be new for some of you, but it's very important to understand. Excuses is the cousin to lying. Some people make excuses why they can't do anything. Listen, please stop. Don't, don't give me that excuse because I don't want you to put yourself in a position to lie. Don't be intimidated because your leader is coming to check what you have or have not done. As leaders, it's better to inspect what you expect. But I don't like to be micromanaged. How is it micromanaged when I gave you three weeks to do it? If I haven't gotten a report back in three weeks about an assignment I gave you, I need to come inspect. How about this? As your leader, I shouldn't have to come back and ask you how are you doing on the report. You should be communicating with me. Pastor, you gave me that assignment a couple of weeks ago, and I just want to let you know this is where I am on it. This is very important, guys. Again, we're supposed to serve with a spirit of excellence about us. Everybody else make people come, come see what they're doing. When, when, when a leader comes to inspect what I am doing, they're going to find me doing what I'm supposed to do. If not more. Because I'm going to always deliver more on my assignment than what's asked. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. See, some of us, we have the attitude that I'm only do what they ask me to do. You ain't ready for leadership? This is all they asked me to do. You couldn't do any more? Mm-mm-mm. If you haven't completed an assignment or task that you said you would, repent, recognize your mistake, and do what is right before God. Amen. Proverbs fifteen twenty one talks about walking uprightly. Then number four, you know you have understanding. When you are slow to wrath. Two things happens when you're slow to wrath. It simply means, number one, you're not easily offended. Can everybody just say amen just for me? Just humor me with that. Just humor me. Just say, I am not easily offended. Can people really tell you the truth about you without you getting mad? 
or do they have to color it real pretty, put a nice, beautiful bow on it to give you the package? You might not even get the message if it comes like Now, some people need it straight, no chaser. Some people need it straight, no chaser. Just give me the message, you know, don't, don't, just give me the message. I need to grow and learn, and I desire that. So just give me the message. And then some people, you might have to sandwich it. You might have to sandwich it. What do you mean, Pastor Sandwich? Praise God. Give them, give them a compliment on how well they're doing. And then let them know what it is you need them to adjust. And then remind them how well they're doing. Praise God. Now, now um, again, watch this. It would be so much easier for me. As, as pastor, it would be so much easier for me if all of you just adjusted to how I am. That would be so much easier for me. But that will never happen. That will never happen. So as a leader, I have to get to know the people I am dealing with because I can't handle everybody the same. And sometimes leaders think they can handle everybody the same because that's what's easier for them as the leader. And that's where leaders are wrong and they have no people skills. You have to be willing as a leader to make the necessary adjustments to handle the persons that you are dealing with with care. Based on what you know about them. Are you with me? Come on, you ever have your boss deal with you in a way that doesn't really suit you well and then they think you're supposed to be excited about working hard for them? <laughs> now this is where it gets fun. Mm. Go to Isaiah chapter 58. Oh, praise the Lord, I'm already there. Isaiah chapter number 58. Can you give me a hearty amen when you get there? This amen's on the right side. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah 58, and we're going to begin with verse number 13, and we're going to talk about um, the law of honor. The law of honor. Honor is a law. Honor is a law. And so we're going to talk about this tonight. And man, I hope you hope you have your heart open up. Maybe I should have did our confession. So it would have soothed you. But we had praise and worship, so I, I felt like you were already ready. Praise God. Prayer went forth. And, and verse number 13, Isaiah 58, verse number 13. Mm, mm. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day. Lord, I could preach all day right there. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him not doing your own ways. Hmm nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Verse 14. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth 
and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Hmm. There's a lot in here for us to grab hold of. Honor, the word honor. Honor simply means to turn the authority over to another. To turn the authority over to another. When you honor someone, you turn the authority over to someone else. Now, there's two categories of honor. There's two categories that we will talk about, that we will address. We probably won't get through it all tonight, but we'll be addressing it for a couple of weeks. Actually, for a few weeks, because this is significant when it comes to servanthood, about honor. The two categories, one, there's the daily category, honoring God in the daily things, the daily category. The two, the second category, is the difficult side of honor, the hard things. Mm -hmm. Mm. Are you all on the same page with me? So there's the daily honor, and then there's our difficult side of honor. The law of honor, the law of honor, listen closely, says this. Honor released from you towards God comes back to you from God. The law of honor says this. Honor released from you towards God comes back to you from God. Go, if you will, to 1 Samuel chapter 2. And we're going to, where did I tell you? Very good. Chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse, verse number Verse 30. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said, indeed, that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Did you catch that? Those who honor me. I will honor those who honor me. I will honor. Now watch this. First Samuel, second chapter, 30th verse, and really focused in on the B part of the 30th verse. Listen closely. A person who says, Lord, you have authority over my resources. An individual who will say, Lord, you have authority over my resources. Could you imagine what God would say to you? God says to you, then you can have authority over my resources. Lord, I give you total authority over my resources. 
you honor me that way, God says, I'll return the honor to you. You can have authority over my resources. Watch this. Watch this. Lord, I give you authority over the words that I speak. God says, you give me honor over your mouth. Wow. Well, I will in return give you honor over what I have said. <laughs> I return honor back to you when you choose to honor me. So since you honor me with your mouth, now I honor and respect what you say from your mouth. Isn't that a fair exchange? <laughs> when God saved you and I, he saved us because of how good he is. When he heals us, he heals us because of how good he is and what he's done for us. When he wants us to receive his honor, He's then waiting to see what we will do. Did you catch that? See, when it comes to our salvation, that's because of how good he is. When it comes to him healing us and delivering us, that's because of how good he is. But when it comes to honor, he's waiting to see what you're going to do. Are you going to honor me? And in return, I can honor you? Hmm. Now, the hard things, a little more challenging, a little more difficult when it comes to honor. We're going to revisit these things in a little bit more in detail. When it comes to honoring God and the hard things, sometimes God use phrases like this. Will you serve me in this? Someone does you wrong. And God says to you, will you let it go for me? You didn't even do nothing. You didn't do nothing. But they did you wrong. And God comes to you and say, will you let it go for me? For the sake of peace, will you let it go? I know it's going to make you look weak, but will you look weak for me? Everybody say difficult side. <laughs> the Bible says God is not unrighteous to forget our labor of love. So God does not forget those things that we do for him. How about this? How about honoring God in, in this way? When you take a child in into your home, even though things were stressed out in your home, nothing was together, things weren't going good in your home. And God said, will you do this for me? Will you serve? I know your house is out of order right now, but will you take this child in for me? Well, God, if my situation were a little better, I know, I know. But will you do this for me? Will you serve me in this way? Will you adopt that child and make them a part of your family, even though it's going to put a little more pressure on your household? Will you do that for me? 
Yeah, so y'all real quiet because this is this that difficult side of running. <laughs> it's beautiful. See, see, we like the part when, when God gives us authority over his word. Praise God. We like that part. God, we give him our resources. He give us authority over his resources. We like all that part. But then when God said, will you do this one for me? How about that situation? How about that situation? Um, you and you and you married and you and your spouse get into it and um, you ain't even started. You ain't even started. You were just chilling and sitting there and your spouse started coming at you and coming at your neck and you all of a sudden like what's and God said, Will you just be quiet for me? Will you just be quiet for me? Now I don't know about I don't know about some of y'all. Some of y'all are looking, but um I've had to repent a few times. When he said, could you do this one for me? Mm-mm, I got to say something. <laughs> and then the moment you say something, then you got to repent. Because the moment you open your mouth and say something, all hell break loose because you didn't know God was in the silence. But because you had to get your way. You had to have it your way. You thought it was a Burger King moment. And now things just go haywire. And you want to call on him, Father, will you come down and move by your spirit in our house right now, Lord God? And all he had asked, would you do this one for me and be quiet? (laughs) The difficult side of honor. Hmm. But here's what you and I need to understand about honoring God in the difficult things. As hard as it was for us to do this, when God rewards you, the blessing will come back in, as, in an equal measure as the assignment was. Whew. However challenging that situation was that God was asking you to honor him, the reward that he will bring back to you will come back in an equal measure to the sacrifice that you made. Mm -hmm. God said, for those who honor me, I will also honor. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes doing the daily honor is easy because you can see the purpose in it. Watch this. There's four easy things in daily honor. Four easy things in daily honor. And you'll be able to see, I believe, I believe you'll be able to see how this can be easy. Number one, the first easy thing in daily honor is honoring God in your finances. How many of you, how many of you can say that's, that's pretty easy for you? Some of y'all can raise y'all hands. That's all right. That's all right. It will be easy for you. Praise God. When it comes to our finances, honoring God in our finances can be easy because you see where God can bless you if you do it. If I honor God with the tithe, if I honor God with the offering, I automatically see what the return can be. So that becomes easy. Some people struggle in this elementary principle. Honoring God with their finances. 
it can be a struggle for some people. The second easy way of daily honor is honoring God in your sexuality. Now, see, I told y'all, sometimes y'all get quiet at the wrong moment. Let me try it again. The second easy way of honoring God is honoring God in your sexuality. Praise God. Amen. Sounded better. Sound like the church I pastor, praise God. Honoring God in your sexuality. You can see that God wants us to walk in purity. Hello? That's not a Pastor Reggie request. Pastor Reggie asked that request because that's what God asked of us. This is why the Bible tells us singles, uh, divorcees, widows, don't awaken love. Before it's time. I know you grown. But you don't need to let him be at your house alone. You still a female and he's still a male. Things could happen. So why put yourself in a situation to allow the tempter to show up? I know you're grown. I know you're grown. You got your own house. You got your own job, your own money. I know all that. I got it. I got it. But why are you going to go sit at the bar? Talking about you hanging out with your friends. And that Long Island iced tea just calling your name. I bind the devil loose here. wouldn't have to be wondering if he's staring at you if you wasn't nowhere for him to be staring why are you on the phone with him and it's 11 o'clock at night and y'all having conversation I bet it's so holy Why are you so comfortable with him talking to you about sex? Well, we friends like that, so we discussed it. Mm-hmm. And then when y'all get off the phone, you just go to sleep. Mm-mm. You struggling with pornography because you keep that door open. Honoring God in our sexuality. Can you give that thing to God and say, God, I won't allow this to have control of me. You have control of me. The third way to honor God in the easy thing is honoring God in your thoughts. Come on, say amen. Amen. Why do you think he gave you a helmet of salvation? Your control center. Mm-mm-mm. How many of you would agree God is smarter than you? <laughs> if you recognize and understand that God is smarter than you and you realize that your battlefield is your mind, 
then you totally understand why he tells us that we have to cast down vain imaginations. Your imagination is very powerful. As a matter of fact, God gave that to you, but not for you to use it on unwholesome things. Oh, Lord, I hear you. Guys, you can't look at images and then take a picture of the image and not think that image is not going to visit you again. Y'all can't be too, y'all don't be too holy in here tonight. I'm just trying to help us because we need to be good servants. Maybe I'll just say that for Sunday. I'm sorry, when I get back to my series I'm on. Ladies, it's not just a male struggle when it comes to pornography. You'd be amazed on the statistics of women who struggle with pornography. You'd also be amazed on what type of pornography they're watching. Can you honor God's in your Or do you just entertain every thought that come through your mind? Listen to me. Listen to me. Every thought that come across your mind is not sent from God. If every thought that crossed our mind was sent from God, he would not have ever had to tell us to cast down vain imaginations. So there are some thoughts that come that the enemy will send and make us think it's our thought. I was messing with the woman of God. Actually, this was yesterday. Oh, my God. Yesterday, I was messing with the woman of God. We were working, doing some work together. And, uh, and I said, see, right now, right now, you, you, you operating and functioning, doing all this. I was like, see, see this, is what make, this is what make a man go drink. <laughs> Y'all ain't got nothing to worry about. That, that, that ain't no tempter for me. That's like 30 years old, so. I ain't got no issues there, but I, I said that. She was like, the devil is a lie. I was, I was like, honey, honey, we just playing. I thought you and I was, we don't play like that, baby. <laughs> She's like, don't be putting that in the atmosphere. <laughs> I said, so honey, see, if I had that struggle, I can't even call you because you're going to get all on me. <laughs> But we have to understand that thoughts that come in your mind, every thought that shows up is not from God. As a matter of fact, you should check every thought that comes to your mind. Just check it. Don't give it a free pass. Here's something always learn. You cannot stop thoughts from coming, but you can keep them from building a nest. 
Thoughts may come, but I don't have to let the thought live there. Just because it shows up doesn't mean it's mine. Number four, the fourth way of honoring God in the daily honor things is honoring God in your time. How many of you can see the direct value or the purpose in giving God the honor of your time? Amen. Child of God, you need to realize if God decides he's going to wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning, that's not the time for you to all of a sudden start negotiating and talking about, God, I'll get up at 7 If he wakes you up at three, he must wanted you at three. Some of us have got so skilled, we don't even open our eyes to hit the snooze button. (laughs) We have to be sensitive to his spirit because he may have need of you. If he needs you at three on the other side of the world, it could be nine and he needs your prayer to intercept what may be happening somewhere else. See, we can't allow ourselves to be so blocked that we think that that our relationship with God or our responsibility to the body of Christ is only in the United States of America. The body of Christ is worldwide. So my brother or my sister may need intercession at the hour God is waking me and I'm struggling because I want to sleep. But their life could be on the line. How about it was reversed? How about if your life on the line and God's trying to wake them up? Getting up may not be easy. How many of you agree? Waking up like that might not be easy. Oh, but God showing you the purpose and sharing the purpose of why he got you up has great value in it. Great value in it. So when it comes to the difficult side of daily honor, the difficult side of daily honor, it takes us to have a revelation of God. You have to have a revelation of God. Could God ask you in the very middle of conflict or dispute, can he show up and use you to intercept and and kill the dispute or conflict? We teach teach leaders that uh, as leaders, you carry two buckets. If there's, if there's a fire that has broken out and you're the first leader on the scene, you got water and gasoline. Which one you throwing? Well, praise the Lord. Yeah, don't make, don't make a mistake right there, Larry. Praise God now. <laughs> but but, but he, he is telling truth for some people because there are some fires that start And instead of a person putting the fire out, they go and enhance the fire because of the stuff that's on the inside of them. 
So the fire burns larger because you showed up. How about this? In the moment you are in the middle of conflict or dispute, instead of having to be right, you look for a resolution that could be win-win. Is it important for you to always have to be right in the middle of conflict? Would you rather be right or would you rather have a good relationship? <laughs> I had someone to tell me, um, well, Pastor, I don't, I, don't, I don't argue to be right. I argue so that I'm not wrong. That's so skilled. That's so skilled. Wow. You don't argue to be right. You just argue to prove that you're not wrong. Wow. That's so skilled. If you're right, what does that make the other person? Come on, talk to me. If you're right, what does it make the other person? If the other person's wrong, and you're right, is the relationship right? Did you say could be? Larry wants you to know that your answer wasn't right. <laughs> I didn't say it, Larry said it. How many of you have heard that two wrongs? Watch this. If I'm right and the other person is wrong, that other person will have these feelings now that they have to contend with. Watch this. And the only way to move them from those places of feelings, if I do something to make sure they stay connected. If not, they have to deal with the feelings that they're having on their own. That's why, as leaders, you want to create win-win opportunities. We want to have win-win opportunities. Woo! Praise God. I got the Joneses over here. Y'all married. Let me pick on y'all a little bit. <laughs> Minister Jewel, with Minister Reggie in one of those moods, you know, just one of those moods, and then stuff gets started. I mean, it gets jumping. And then you feel like, I'm going to retaliate. And in the middle of you getting ready to retaliate, then God shows up to you <laughs> and says, I want you to go make it right with them. <laughs> Immediately. No, notice this. She was going to be the one retaliating. So she didn't even start it. But God shows up to her. I want you to go make it right. Can you honor God in that situation and go make it right even though you didn't start it? You didn't even do anything wrong in the situation. Can you go make it right? The person on your job went to the boss and lied on you. Can you go make it right on the person that make it right with the person that lied on you? 
even though everything in you is like, I'm going to write this up and I'm going to make sure I take it to HR and I'm going to show them what they've been doing. They've been attacking my character. and come. Or do you believe God can be your defense? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> See, some of us, we know that it's, it's sometimes it can be easy. It can be easy when, when you're in control of a situation. It can be easy for when God comes through. But how about when the situation you're not in control of, and then God still requires you to go make it right? You know what's so interesting about God? When God shows up and he's on you about making it right, notice he removes the other person from the situation. And it's no longer between you and them. It's between you and God now. So if you're going to say, this is not fair, you might as well just tell God, God, you aren't fair. How are you going to make me go back and have to fix this and make this? I ain't even saying nothing. I was minding my own business. I look at y'all. I look at some of y'all. and I, <laughs> I could just picture you sitting on the couch with something happening. And then God tell you, go make it right. What you say, Lord? I rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. Because you got that strong will. <laughs> Is be quick to obey. It's always better for you when you're quick to obey. It makes it so much better. So this is honoring God in, the, in, in these daily difficult situations. There are some other ways that we honor God that we're going to talk about. And I just want to give those to you. The honor of preference. The honor of preference. Mm, 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 mm. Honor in the family. The honor of service. And then honor at work. We're going to be looking at all these different types of honor. The honor of preference. Honor in the family. Honor of service. And honor at work. Some people don't serve because they don't see the point in it. Whether man notices it or not, God takes notice. And the fact that God is watching how I serve should make me want to give my very best all the time. All the time. Because according to our text, we serve unto If you're serving unto the Lord, then you're going to give your very best all the time. Your very best. Let's look at the honor of preference. Let's talk about the honor of preference. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Honor of preference. 
Let me know when you're there. Verse number 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Hmm. The NIV says this. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Can you honor someone else above you? Can you honor others above yourself? In order to do this, guys, in order to do this, the honor of preference, it takes a revelation of God. Come on, you got to catch this. You're going to put others before you. Takes a revelation of God in order to do that consistently. When God asks you to always place others' needs or desires ahead of your own, this is usually what happens. Whenever you and I give preference to others over ourselves, the question that usually will come up. It's what about me? What about me? What about me, God? Mm -hmm. Without a revelation of who God is, you will want to help God out with you being happy. <laughs> I know there's nobody in the room tonight, but, but sometimes people come. And those individuals, when they come sometime, they str have struggles with helping God out because they're controlling. I already said nobody in the room is controlling, praise God. I said sometimes people come, though, that struggle with helping God out because they're controlling. And there's a very interesting uh, story in the Bible that you all, you all have heard, and, and it's very Interesting, some of the things that God <clears throat> God does. If you remember the the when the uh, the guys were bringing back the ark on their shoulders, <clears throat> and they decided actually before they put it on their shoulders, they had built a cart. They had built a cart, and God was never supposed to be on a cart. He was supposed to be on the shoulders of people, but they had built a cart for it to roll on, and while it was rolling along the cart began to, you know, because there's some, some cracks in the road, and all of a sudden, watch this, one of David's key mighty men decides he needed to touch the ark in order to keep it steady from falling. And because he was not a high priest, he wasn't supposed to be handling it, he dropped dead. And David got angry with God. Why you kill my friend? And this is stuff that, remember, nobody here is controlling, praise God. But God don't need your help to control nothing. He don't need your help to steady stuff. Sometimes you think you always need to be involved to make it go right. But you could be making it all wrong. 
because you feel the need. Oh, it's tilted. Let me touch it. Let me hold it up. God don't need your help. I can talk about me. I had to grow and learn this, guys. Oh, man, I had to grow in this area and learn this in my life. There would be things I would be anticipating, expecting God to do. And when he wasn't moving in the time frames that I thought he should be moving, I thought I probably should help him out because I'm a good right hand man for him. And he can trust me. And so I would start helping God out, and the more I would try to help him out, the bigger the mess would get. And now I got to call on God to help me out for helping him out because the mess had gotten so big, now I can't contain it. Yeah, that's what we say. That's what we say. So we, say we, we start saying we do stuff, and then we start, Jesus, take the wheel. You're going to invite him to take the wheel after you almost done jumped the curb and ran off. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> How about give him the wheel when you get in the car? <laughs> God does not always need us to steady stuff. Some things need to be left in his hands. Hello? That, I, I see I preface that so that all of us would be on even playing field, that, that there's nobody in here that's controlling. You don't have to be in control of stuff. That was a good place to say amen. You're not controlling. Everything doesn't always have to be your way at the house. Somebody else can have an opinion outside of yours. And that's okay. You don't even have to make a face about their opinion. See, if you got to make a face by the opinion because of the opinion of somebody else, that means you're still trying to control stuff. Don't nobody even think like, ain't nobody asked you what else somebody else think. This was my opinion, and I have a right to it. There is a spirit that operates that's controlling. It's called Jezebel. Jezebel is not a female. Jezebel is a spirit. Sometimes Jezebel will show up in a team member and they want to try to control the whole team. You have to confront Jezebel's spirit. If not, they think they can take over. When it comes to preference, we yield to the desire of others, but we always got to get our two cents in so we don't feel left out. When somebody else say something, you always got to get your opinion in there. Well, let me tell you what I was thinking. Didn't nobody ask you what you was thinking? Why you got to talk? <laughs> we don't realize how important we make ourselves. 
We make ourselves so important like everybody else need to hear us. Like we like E.F. Hutton. Y'all remember the old commercial E.F. Hutton when he speaks? <laughs> you ain't E.F. Hutton. Then stop talking. <laughs> How do you feel when somebody says something and you get ready to respond and they like, How's that make you feel when they don't want to hear from you? It could be a growth area for you if it makes you feel bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> preference. The word preference means to put before. To like better or to give priority. Preference to put before, to like better, or to give priority to. I want to read the scripture, that, the text that we use, Romans 12, 10, to you from the Connie Breyer uh, translation of the Bible. It says this, in honor... Let each set his neighbor above himself. Mm. Can you allow others to be before you and trust that God will see you and take care of you? Mm. Not just once, but consistently. The Message Bible says, be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. If it says practice playing second fiddle, it communicates we're not used to being second. Hmm. Now, I, I love to bring clarification here because these things happen sometimes. You ever, you ever go out with a group of friends or, or you're going out and everybody, oh, where do you want to go eat? 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 Listen, we don't play those games. Somebody take, make a decision. We're going to go eat here. <laughs> or, or you open the door for someone. and No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> we ain't going to sit there and play that game all day long. I, I'm preferring you, but now you go. No, you go ahead. I'm not going to come back around and say, you go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to just say thank you, praise God. You say thank you. We ain't going to play them games. Where you want to go to dinner? Oh, no, I'm not sure. I think I want some seafood. Where you want to go to dinner? Oh, no, I was thinking, make a decision, praise God. Make a decision. Thank you. Let's go. Well, I was trying to prefer them. Listen, if they can't make up their mind, you gave them the opportunity to be preferred. We always go where you want to go. No, 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 no. You can't make a decision, so I make a decision for us. It's not me having my way. But sometimes we play that game. Where you want to go? I don't know. Where you feel like going? I don't know. I was interested in going where you wanted to go. Ain't nobody got time for all that. I just want to eat. How about that? I just want to eat. Another word I want you to be familiar with, 
that sounds like preference is deference. Deference. Mm-hmm. Deference. Deference means to submit to another's wishes, opinions, or judgment, or governance. It means to courteously yield. <laughs> to submit to another's wishes, opinions, or judgment, governance, to courteously yield. Oh, my, 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 my. Deference is to submit to another's wishes, opinions, or judgments, or governance, to courteously yield. This is so, so important. Are you okay? Are you okay with someone evaluating you, even though you feel differently than how they feel, and yet you can yield to what they have? to say. One of the things that we have to ask ourselves, who can save me from me? Who do you have in your life that can keep you from hurting yourself? You always right. Who can look you in your face and tell you, you're not always right? And can you be okay with someone telling you, you are wrong in this situation without you having to feel some kind of way with them? I don't even want to talk to them no more. They Praise God. Do you use that word? Yeah. Ooh, my children grew up with that. Fix your face. <laughs> my children grew up with that. Fix your face. Something said to them, fix your face. Praise God. I, I was going to say something, but I don't want y'all to sit on back to pastor. <laughs> Listen to me. It is so important for all of us to have people in our lives that can check us. If you have people around you that's afraid of you, they don't love you. They tell you what you want to hear because if they tell you the truth, you'll get mad at them. According to the Bible, we're accountable to truth. Just give the truth in love. Love them enough to tell them the truth. I live by, I've lived by this credence for ever since I've been in the kingdom. God has given me this, this thing. If you give them the truth in love and they leave you, they'll come back. I put any relationship on the line when it comes to truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. You can leave me if you choose to. You can leave the relationship. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. I don't ever want you to be able to say, no one told me. We need to have people in our lives that can tell us the truth. And we will take it 
because we have given their voice enough authority. We've turned the authority over to another, and what they have to say matters. If you don't have someone to save you from you, you can be in a lot of trouble. I don't know about you, but there, there are some of us that can, we can tell ourselves such a truth and, and hold to it so hard and be completely wrong. But yet we hold to the truth so hard and it's not even the truth. But if nobody else can tell us we're wrong, it will take Jesus to show up. And when Jesus shows up, you'll even debate with him. It's called self-righteousness. Some people are so self-righteous that it would take Jesus to come down to convince them they're wrong and they would want to debate Jesus on what the matter is. Then the last word that I want you to be familiar with, devoted. Devoted. Devoted means to be dedicated or displaying strong attachment. to be dedicated or displaying strong attachment. It's always interesting to, to find out how saved people really are. But you really get to see how saved people really are when they don't get their way. People don't get their way, boy. You get to really see how saved they are. You get to see how much Holy Ghost they got in them. <laughs> you and I have to live by a code that there must be a willingness on our part to do what's right because it's right. We do what's right because it's right. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. start with verse number four, First Corinthians 13, beginning with verse four. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. Underline that. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquities, but rejoices in the truth. 
It bears all things, believe all things, hope all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. But I want you to keep in mind, it does not seek its own. Do you have to seek your own? Does anybody have an amplified translation? Or if you have it on your phone, can you get the amplified version of, of that first Corinthians 13? Yes, please. Verses 4 and 5. Can you, st can you stand up for me and read it? Allow for me. Thank you. Some of us need to stop keeping record of things that's been done to us. That's not love. Love keeps no record of a suffered wrong. Three weeks ago, I asked you to da -da, and you didn't do it, and so that was a Three weeks ago, really? Love keeps no record of suffered wrong. You know why we keep a record? Because we don't believe God's big enough to take care of us through the wrong. So we got to keep a record of the wrong. Because we need to remind them of how they wronged us when it's convenient for us. But if we get reminded of how we wronged somebody, then why are you keeping a record? Do you have to seek your own? When you live in this place of the honor of preference, it does not mean you are absent of desires. You just don't insist on your desires. How many of you have some desires in the room? How many of you have desires? Okay, notice, everybody in the room have desires. Everybody in the room have them. Everybody have them. When you're choosing to live the honor of preference, you just don't insist on your desires above others. This is why I started all of this off with it takes a revelation of who God is in order to live like that. 
Keep in mind, everything that we do, we do unto the. But if you choose to live a life like this, you could feel like people are walking on you. When you're doing it for people. But when you have a revelation of who God is. Can't nobody walk on me. I lay my life down. That's what Jesus chose to do for all of us. He chose to lay his life down. Jesus could appear to be weak. People will always misconstrue your meekness for weakness. Not understanding that you just meek and mild-mannered because of a spirit of self-control on the inside of you. They don't realize it takes great strength to be meek. Because they may not know that really there's a storm that's raging on the inside that that used to be dead, but it comes alive every now and again. We're going to have to put a pause right there. Put a pause and come back next week and visit with this. Did you get anything out of this? I'm challenging you to live a life of honor. I'm challenging you to live a life of the honor of preference.